So did those guys really name their app after a meme? Huh? Buckle up, fellow kids. It's time for Founder Quest. You know, Josh, you know that, that feeling you get right before vacation's coming up and like the Thursday or the Friday before you're like winding down and you're just getting ready, your mind's getting in vacation mode? That's definitely happened to me. Since we have our vacation happening next week, I'm definitely, it's Thursday right now, just after lunch, and I'm like, yep, I feel that vacation coming on. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, Hack yeah. Week is definitely starting to wind down and I am looking forward to it. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like super excited about the stuff we're working on. And so my brain is going a mile a minute. Oh, I can work on this. I can work on that. And I'm having problems like actually focusing on one thing because there's so many things I want to do. So it's a weird contradiction. Yeah. That's been a vibe around here the past couple of weeks. I think like we've been pretty excited and I know I like really need the vacation, but it's going to be hard to, I think it's going to be hard to disconnect. It's going to take me a few days. Like yeah. it usually does. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really struggling with the idea of actually taking a vacation. I, I don't take a lot of them. And so I'm wondering if I might have my typical of I work for a couple hours every morning before the family wakes up and then I do my vacation stuff. So I actually mm -hmm. think that works out pretty well for me because then I get my, I don't know, my work itch done. And then the rest of the day I can just relax and read a book or play with the family or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's nice if you can get in an hour or two and then still disconnect, especially if that's a fun hour of things that you're yeah. just really driven to work on. So we'll see. I might get a, a little coding in or something in here and there, but I'll do my best to make sure it's only fun coding. Hopefully the support, hopefully the our customers take it easy on us for, for the support queue since this is the one time of year where like everyone is on vacation. So for we real. have to have to make that keep the lights on still. Yeah, yeah. This is not the time for every customer to start asking us a bunch of questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, real quick, I, this isn't the topic of the episode, but since we're talking about it, you had an interesting idea about our on-call rotation this week that I liked, which was to, normally we have the four of us rotating. We each take a week on call. And so we rotate between those. But your idea was for the holidays, since you know we're all off, was to split those on-call rotations up into a couple days each. So no one person has to be on call for an entire week of Christmas if you happen to draw the short straw. So I, th I think that's nice. Yeah, credit where credit is due. It was my wife's idea to do the half-week yeah. rotation. And uh, credit also to Kevin, who's on rotation this week and who is willing to go back on a little sooner than he would have otherwise to do this. Although, to be honest, as we traditionally have done the past several years at Honey Badger, I was going to hop into the PagerDuty scheduling tool and I was going to take Christmas and New Year's for myself because my kids are older. Like, I'm not having to wrap presents at midnight or whatever it is and wake up at 4 a.m. when the kids wake up and that sort of thing like the rest of the crew does. <laughs> Everybody else has little mm -hmm. kids. And I just feel like I can take one for the team on that and spare people having to worry about that and they can enjoy their families. So so anyway, I was going to do that anyway. So then when my wife came with this idea and the team was in, into it, I thought, cool, let's do that. And so Roel had Christmas, the week of Christmas. And then I think you had the week of New Year's. And so mm -hmm. I put myself at the second half of the Christmas week, which in our rotation, we go like Monday to Monday. So that ended up with me taking Christmas. And then that ended up with Kevin then being on New Year's. And so I double checked with Kevin. I'm like, hey, since you didn't really volunteer for this, is, it, is this okay? And he said, yeah, it's fine. Except that I do have a plan to go to a New Year's Eve party. And so I took, I ended up taking New Year's Eve off of Kevin. Because that's very, know. that's gracious of you. 
I don't do New Year's Eve parties. I just, actually what we do, we have a tradition in, in our family, uh, New Year's. We hang around at the house and we play board games. That's what we do all night. And then nice. we celebrate with some Martinelli's and some, some fudge and things like that. And then we go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice tradition. And it works with on-call. It does. It works really well, well with on-call. <laughs> But so, I think well, I'll be skipping my usual tradition of deploying something big on New Year's. That's what I've done in the past because no one cares if Honey Badger goes down on New Year's Day. So I've often As long done, as you're not paging them. Exactly. So I've often done like big major database migrations or things like that. And this year, no plans. So I'm just going to relax. Nice. I hope you enjoy the holiday. Likewise. And I hope we all can get some actual relaxation and vacation time in because we've got a big year. I think we've got a big year ahead of us and I'm excited. True. But before we move on to that, I should say, since we're talking about vacation and stuff, we are not going to be recording podcasts for the next couple of weeks. Sorry, but you will have to be without us for a couple of weeks until January. This is it. So enjoy this one. This is going to be a good one. It's um, a good one. You can listen to it multiple I guess we times. should get to the point here yeah. in a minute, but <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to, it's, we're going out, going to go out with a bang and I'm excited mm -hmm. for 2024. But first we need to talk about I don't know. How do we dive into this? This is where the record scratch sound comes into play, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So about a month ago, things really came to a head. We were, we were looking closely at our finances and realizing that we just have been spending a lot more than we thought and bringing in less than we thought. That's a bad combination. And so we really had to stop and make some painful adjustments for us, some things that we haven't had to do before. If we rewind back a year, though... If we go back to fall of 22, like revenue was fantastic. We had been growing and growing on the revenue side and we had a, a pretty good war chest in the bank. Like we felt pretty good about that. And we felt oh, we can do more. Like we have some resources, we can do some more. And we started uh, working with some consultants to try and do some updates to the, to the marketing site. And we uh, did another hire. That's when we brought Roel on. So that was spring of 23. Um, but what we weren't paying as close attention to was that the revenue numbers are actually going down every month. So if you may recall, back in the fall of 22, that was when there was like a lot of talk in the press and, and media and stuff about, oh, there's going to be this recession and the economy is going to be terrible mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And everything was fine, but there were a lot of people saying it's going to be bad. And so what we started seeing, although we didn't realize it at the time, what we started seeing was a lot of our customers like really looking at their expenses and saying, oh, we better cut some costs. We better trim what we're spending. And so we had some customers who were like over-provisioned, who were spending more than they should have with us. And so they, they downgraded their accounts. There were other customers who were like, we just need to turn this off. And so there was no like big dramatic decrease, no like great exodus or anything, but we did see a continual drop in our uh, monthly revenue numbers, like every month consistently. Like we would Still had new customers coming in and still had people upgrading, but we also had people downgrading and we had some people leaving and that just got over several, over a year's worth of time, it got pretty dramatic as far as the revenue picture goes. So we realized in November, about a month ago, that we were spending, I think at this point, we were spending definitely more than we were bringing in. It's because we hadn't mm -hmm. readjusted our spending to these new revenue levels. And that was... Yeah, we were spending at like the 2022 great and in the, in the meantime we've had a whole year of basically like revenue losses which like you said i think it was easy for us because we've like grown i think feel like we've grown a bit of a thick skin in terms of the the highs and lows of of the SaaS business we've learned that there are going to be times when the revenue trends down but it's usually going to correct itself and we just have to ride it out and obviously like doing this long term it's important not to like 
stress out constantly over that stuff. And so we got pretty good at that, but maybe we got a little too good in this case and didn't really stop and take a look at the larger trends until until last month when it was it was a little late for I, like I feel like we we should have had this done this work probably like six months ago. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things was like going back to that last year planning meeting, we had planned to spend down our cash. Like we, okay, yes, we are going to spend more than we make for a while and that'll be fine. Yeah. And I think since we were in that mode of thinking, like as we saw the bank balance dropping, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that we're working according to plan. No big deal. Yeah. But, but I think you're right. Like we should have realized six months ago, it was dropping more than we wanted to because the revenue had dropped more than we had realized. Yeah. yeah. The good news is that we are dealing with it now and not another six months from now. Yeah, the good news is that there is somebody paying attention to the money. And it's like when the bank balance got to a certain point, we're like, we know, wait a minute, this is uh, this is not feeling as comfortable anymore. So, yeah, we didn't get to bankrupt or we didn't have to miss payroll or anything like that. We still have money in the bank, but it's less than our comfort cushion. And so we're like, OK, time to pull the brake, time to uh, stop this train and figure out what's going on. Yeah, at the time, I was definitely freaking out. Were you freaking out? Oh, yeah, yeah, I was totally freaking out. Yes, because yeah, I, was, I was stressing. I, I was stressing because I looked at what we were doing and if we didn't change what we were doing, then we would go to zero in a matter mm -hmm. of months. Like we didn't have a year's worth of cash at the burn rate that we had. And th that made me freak out. Yeah, for sure. So I think about that. And, but then, and then we spent some time, I think over those, over several days, okay, what are we spending our money on? What can we cut? And if we, how much do we need to cut to get us to a point where, you know, back in the black and that sort of thing. And those conversations were good, but I think we did that for a couple of days. But I remember just one night thinking, I still don't feel great. I don't feel like it's really settled yet. And I was still like really anxious and yeah. And so I just sat down and I was like, okay, you know what? It's time to make a budget, right? Cause this is not something that we've done before at Honey Badger, but I decided, you know what? I just needed to take every expense and put them on a spreadsheet and then build up from zero. Okay. What are we actually going to spend money on and what does it look like? And what does our profit margin look like? after that exercise and spent a few hours on that. And after that was done and I chatted with you about the results of that, when I felt like, okay, I think this is under control. Then that's when my anxiety level came down. Yeah. I really appreciated uh, you doing that um, because I think that for me too, that was like just not having a clear picture. That's one of the most, the scariest parts about when there's crisis like that. I think the first thing we did, which was like gathering information and like you were even like going line by line through the bank transactions. I, I So yeah, like it, it really helped us get a clear picture of like where we were and where we needed to go. And then we could like basically go down the line items and figure out how to make it work to basically stabilize our cash flow. Yeah. And this is the, at the point where you said something on the lines of, yeah, I guess this would buy, this would be a point in which it'd be really helpful if we had a CFO. Because <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that'd be nice. Yeah, because that person would be looking at this probably more closely than we were. We do have an accounting company that does our bookkeeping and does our you know revenue reporting and stuff like that. But we're not paying them to be a CFO. They're not. Yeah, they're not looking at our stuff and giving us advice on a regular basis. Looking at the numbers too on a regular basis, but it's like we're also like doing product development and we're doing marketing and we're managing yeah. like five different budgets for various like sub things right. in the business. And it's easy to lose track of the big picture sometimes when you're mm -hmm. like just stuck in the minutia of the day-to-day -day running of the, of the business. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. But at least we do have our quarterly meetings where we get together and we do take a pause and we look at this stuff. Yeah. It didn't go on that's forever. That's our time to. <laughs> that's our time to review. So in the future, we'll we'll have some sort of window into this new budget that we've created right. to make sure we don't end up back in that position. But in the meantime, like we've been busy responding to this and dealing with any fallout. So what have we been doing and, and what is the, what's the impact? I figure we can talk about that for a little while. Yeah, I think the first thing to, to say is that our priority was to try to impact the people as little as possible. Like most companies, our number one expense is people, salary and benefits and that sort of stuff. But you don't just go willy nilly and start firing people or whatever. That's just not right. So that was thing number one. Okay, we got it. Whatever we can do to preserve people is what we're going to do. So I think the first thing we looked at is, okay, what are our big expenses outside of people that we can cut without impacting either the service that we're providing or, you know, and also we want to preserve advertising because you can't grow if you don't spend there or it's very difficult, I should say. So I think we looked at first, okay, what are some of the big expenses we had in the past year? And so some of them like, were the consultants that we talked about that we brought in to help us with marketing and strategy mm -hmm. and that sort of stuff. And that was easy. Okay, we cut that. We don't do any more of that, right? We've, some of those projects we just finished, some of the other projects we can just wind down pretty quickly. And that was, I think, step one. Yeah, those were some big line items too. That was nice yeah. to, at least nice to have those types of line items to, to cut right off the bat. We did, a, we did a lot of outsourcing last year for software and even maintenance type things. And so we've cut down a lot of our contracting and we're planning to just do more in-house for a little while. I think that my optimistic spin on that is that I think it's going to be good for us because it's allowing us to get back into the hands-on work ourselves and optimize some of these things that I think it's easy to like you automate or you create a process for something once and then you hand it off to some external like a contractor or something and it's easy to like for that stuff to get a little like crufty or something so i think there's some opportunity here for us like getting back into the day-to-day -day parts of the business yeah yeah well, and you reminded me that i should probably put an asterisk on that whole the people thing because yes we did cut contractors now we did try to do it in a in as kind of way as we possibly could because it was right around thanksgiving time when we started making these mm -hmm changes and we didn't just want to unload on people like right then and especially going into christmas so what we did is we had some contractors who were already like winding down their stuff for us or at a natural pause point or whatever and so for them we just said hey we're done or they're already gone so we didn't say anything but for others who are more ongoing we said hey this is what we're doing this is what's going on like we shared in in some level of detail like what was happening and and that hey either uh we need you to only work on stuff that we preview for for the next little while or hey starting in january 1st we're just not going to send any more work your way we'll continue this work through december at that point we're not planning on doing it anymore and so that gave us a way to real you know know when our costs could start getting back in control but also gave them some cushion like they didn't have to scramble to get a new client mm -hmm. right before christmas kind of thing so obviously still not ideal to have to let a contractor lapse on their contract but at least we could soften the blow a little bit by saying, hey, we can, we got you through the end of December. Yeah. And I think most of our contractors were on more of an ongoing retainer style basis as opposed to like large in progress. Right. Fixed some type contracts. So it was, it's really more just like scaling back on that type of ongoing work, which does make it a little easier. It would be much harder if we had like large projects in progress or something that we had to like basically cancel or, or shelf for a while. Yeah. So I'm glad that that's, we're not in that position. 
Yeah. And the other people thing, I forgot to mention this, but was Josh and I, of course, took pay cuts. Like we're, we're the owners of the business. We can uh, afford, hopefully, afford to take a pay cut in order to help preserve the other people in the business. So we did that. And of course, yeah. that's not fun. And our wives didn't love the idea. That's part of running a small business. Sometimes you have the good years and sometimes you have the not so good years. Yeah. And we really don't want, we really don't want to have to cut people. That's, I think that's our, our, yeah. that's our main priority here is stabilizing our team because we've built a great team and these kind of fluctuations in the business are going to happen and we need to be able to weather that storm because if we can't like build up the team every time this happens from scratch, there's so much work and like knowledge that has been built up and just, yeah, it would, it's just, it would be really hard to lose anyone really. I think at this point. We would, we totally would. And they're, they're <laughs> so awesome. And then we did what all of our customers were doing. We went back and looked at our expenses and we saw, okay, where are we spending too much? Where can we just cut this to zero? And we went to some of our providers and we said, hey, we're having a rough issue with some revenue stuff here. So we need to cut our spend with you. Can we make a deal? And some of our providers were very generous and giving us a deal on some stuff that we were probably spending too much on. And then uh, other things we, we just weren't essential. We said, we, we're going to cut that. Even if they were small expenses, we're saying, there's just no point in spending money on this thing that's not essential. So we're just not. This is kind of how, that's how we started with the mentality that we're going to like, you know, we're pretty scrappy and frugal and we're going to DIY things. And over the years, as we've made more money, and I think it's completely, it's good that we did, we decided to be okay with spending more on nice things that just kind of solve that you know, check that box. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's costing more than if you like threw something together yourself on a weekend, but it's worth it. I think we're returning to the scrappy mindset, at least for a little while. Like I think when money's good, it makes sense to, to just pay a little extra for some things just so you don't have to worry about them. But I think we're pretty good at doing both of those. Yeah. And we're certainly not going back to the same levels of scrappy that we went back to in the original days. Like, for example, at some point along the way, we decided, you know what? We really don't want to be running our own database anymore. We would really like to have a service provider doing that for us so that we don't have to worry about managing that and recovery and that sort of thing. Even though I really enjoy that kind of stuff and we had a pretty good setup before, we decided, hey, we'll spend some more and we'll have a, a third party do that. And so we're still doing that. Like we're not bringing that back in house uh, because just the quality of life improvement of having someone else's ops team worrying about that particular aspect is great. And uh, yeah, it's worth the money. So we're not going back to the, the bare bones stuff that we did in the early, early days, but yeah, cutting back on the things that just eh, are nice to have, but not necessary to have. So aside from really focusing on wanting to support our employees and contractors, as we also wanted to, you know, of course, support our customers, right? We're not going to make any changes that impact the quality of the service or put us at risk of reliability. So like I say that because hosting, of course, is one of our big expenses. We have, we're 100% AWS. And if you've read maybe a DHH's uh, blog post about moving away from the cloud and how he's going to save millions of dollars, whatever. Yes, these things are true in that you typically will spend more with AWS than you would if you ran your own boxes in a colo facility. And we could do that. We could save some money that way. But we have such a good system in place. We have such good automation that handles the spikes in our traffic. And it's so reliable. Like we're in an active setup, right? Where we're in multiple uh, AZs with Amazon so that if one entire data center goes away, we're going to automatically fail over to the other one. All that is there and there's no reason to unwind that. And it would oh, take yeah. us a lot of time and you know effort to, to do that. So yeah, we're not really going to 
seriously consider uh, dramatically changing our setup to, to save a few bucks, right? We're going to we're gonna spend money yeah. where it makes sense. I think that's that's probably to your credit that there's not as much to cut there just because it's it already is such a well-optimized system. And I don't think we'd want to lose any of the like managed aspects that we've set up. Yeah, like the good news is that over the years, we've maintained a pretty frugal mindset when it comes to that stuff. And so mm -hmm. we haven't been exorbitant in how we've architectured stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one thing that you really have to uh, with, with AWS in particular, because if you don't maintain a frugal mindset, like they're very good at just like letting your costs get away from you. For sure. Yeah, there's all kinds of fun toys you can play with in, in AWS that, that costs a fair amount of money. Yeah. Yeah, so we've done all the usual things to like, quote unquote, optimize costs. But the other thing that we are doing is hopefully we're making some money next year. One of the interesting things about this is that because we've spent so much in 2023 investing in the business, a lot of this work is basically ready to ship, which is great. So I think that money was well spent. And the signals that we're getting from beta testers and early customers that are using Insights, for example, have been really positive. And I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel like uh, maybe the most optimistic I've been in, in a while about the opportunity here in the business. And that's been pretty exciting. Yeah. When it comes to finances, you can only cut so much, right? <laughs> you have certain expenses. You just can't, can't go to zero on that. And so you do have to look at, okay, how are you going to grow your revenues? That's where you can really make a difference. And having insights coming up soon. And like you said, having the good feedback that we've gotten, like everyone who's had a chance to play with it and really dive into it, they just love it. Like the feedback that we're getting is overwhelmingly positive. And we've had suggestions on how to improve it. And all of them are like, yep, that's exactly what I want to do. Right? And so everyone who is making comments is like, they're on board with the direction we're going. It seems like we have a good thing ahead of us. And it's going to be great expansion revenue for our existing customer base, right? This is not going to be something that we're going to give away for free. This is going to be something that is going to have an additional cost to it. And for our customers who don't care about it, it'll be fine. It's not going to be not be forced upon them, but we do think a lot of our customers will love it and will opt into spending a bit more money with us. And if we can get the the average take per customer to double, like that would be fantastic. So you know, who knows where we'll, where we'll fall, probably won't end up being double, but if it did, that'd be amazing. But anyway, we know it's going to be it's going to be some growth. It's going to be some lift because we know that our customers that we have today. Who are giving us money today are interested in this sort of thing and the people who have access today now are saying yes i'll be happy to spend on this when it's ready when you're ready to bill me so yeah i'm with you i'm more optimistic now than i have been in quite a while because we have this big new thing and we have other big things that we're thinking about in 2024 that i think will make a big lift on the business yeah yeah in the meantime this is also not just for like people who are excited about the new thing, but this is really improving and it will improve the the product overall, I think as a whole, like Honey Badger overall. I think that will, whether people are going to be heavily using this or not, it's going to make the entire product better. So I think that's really cool that we can do both things. And then hopefully also the extra things that we want to do with like new products in 2024, which we have lots of ideas. Yeah. What, uh, one of the things that was neat, so we sent out an email, let's see, you sent it out, what, a week or two ago now, that basically our periodic, here's what we've been working on email. And in that email, you talked about insights and you encouraged people to get in touch if they wanted to get access to the limited preview. And yeah, I kind of teased it. 
Yeah. And we had a good response to that. I can't remember exactly now how many people responded, but I was watching as they were coming in because I was enabling each of those customers uh, into the preview. And I was watching what subscription level they're on. And I noticed that most of the people who got in touch are on either our free or our cheapest plan, which to me is very exciting. Uh, well, on one hand, you could say, oh, they're freebies and they're just going to, they just want to check out something new and they'll never pay you. Or you could look at it and I choose to be optimistic. So the way I look at it is these are people who today aren't necessarily spending so much on us, but tomorrow, once Insights is there, they might actually use it and, you know, again, expansion revenue actually give us some more uh, business. So uh, yeah, I was excited about that. It was a really, I think it was a great response. One of the best responses we've had to a product update email. We try to send like at least one per quarter, basically like here's a roundup of everything we've worked on and then like company news. And of course, we let everyone know that FounderQuest is back, which I don't know if we've actually, we had ever really marketed FounderQuest heavily to our entire Honey Badger yeah, user base. I don't think so. So I think it'll be interesting to see if we pick up any new listeners or if we cross promote it a little bit. Yeah. So I think I'm, I'm hopeful that the revenue decline that we've seen will be reversed by a revenue incline that we'll see as we get customers and their expansion revenue going with insights. And yeah. like you said, and the other things that we're doing with Honey Badger, we added like part of your roundup email was highlighting some features that we added recently to Honey Badger's status pages that are more interesting to people who want to have a bigger business. So we limited those features to our business plans, you know, our higher tiers. Things like being able to embed your status page uh, in your own website and uh, having a password protected status page. So you know, we'll continue to do things like that as well. We will always be looking for what kind of, you know, features or whatever can we bring to the product that would encourage people to upgrade. Yeah. That thing you said about it's easier to make money than to save money. That reminded me of like the early days of back when we were starting Honey Badger and we were all like also consulting and my consulting business was starting to do better than it had in the past. Um, very much thanks to you and your referrals. <laughs> at many points. So thank you. But I just remember that being a thing when we would talk about because I back then I was like saving for a house and I was like just starting my family and all this all these things. I just remember that being a thing that was discussed just I think between you and me and star in passing was like, yeah, well, you, you know, you could always like, you know, have your tight budget and, and pinch pennies and save. Um, but making more money is always like, the better option if you can. I took that to heart back then and it worked out. Like I, I do make a lot more money than I did then. And that has been a lot easier than forgoing my Starbucks or something in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the flip side, I remember vividly, <laughs> this was back uh, 2007, eight, somewhere in that time frame. Uh, <clears throat> I had a, I had a friend who's an entrepreneur and he was, uh, he started his own business and I think he, uh, went to Y Combinator and started getting investment and that sort of thing. And uh, at some point he wrote his blog post where it was talking about cutting your personal burn. Cause we always talk about cutting your company's burn. And so he's like, I'm going to sell my car. And he had a, cause he had a fancy sports car. And, uh, yeah. I'm like, okay, sure. If you're, if you have expenses that are out of line like that, sure. I guess it could make sense to cut those, you know, versus, um, trying to, you know, yeah. you can pinch some pennies, right? He's going to say <laughs> it really depends on the car in that yeah. story. The car completely changes that story one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think making more money, but also focusing like one of the things that we've always come back to is focusing on our customers, keeping our customers happy, building things that they like. I really feel like that approach and strategy has never let us down. 
And so long as we can continue to do that and we continue to have customers, like I really, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I freaked out. I freaked out for a few days or weeks even, but just once you kind of reacclimate to the situation as it is today and knowing that we continue to have customers coming, showing up, loving the product. And even the fact that you and I have been doing more work on the product than we have in a while, personally, I felt really good about that. Like being able to like, just refocus our efforts on keeping our customers happy, making the product better, shipping all this work that we've done and that is continuing to develop. It's felt pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like a good crisis to help you focus, right? To help you bring clarity yeah. to what you do, how you spend your time. And I think that's definitely been the case for me is, um, yeah, spent more time just working and focusing on the work stuff. In 2023, we looked at where we were, we had, we felt like we had this, this extra and we thought, yes, we can say yes to more things. But yes, we can do this consultant thing. And yes, you and I personally, we can take some more time away from the business and we can do some other things. Yeah. Uh, and yes, we can build a pretty ambitious new product Yep. in the business that we have not seen materialize on, on the bottom line yet in terms of revenue. Right. That's a big bet. Yeah. And so at, at the end of that time, now we're saying, okay, we have to stop saying yes to all the things and we have to start saying no to some things that are just going to be distractions. Like, no, we're not going to take on a huge new product right now. Or no, we're not going to do this great customer service request that would turn into six months worth of work right now. And yeah. Or no, we're not going to like support that cool, trendy new framework or integration that like everyone's yeah. excited about, but no one is actually using or whatever. Like right. maybe we can do that, you know, in six months from now versus like immediately. Yeah. There was a great uh, presentation by Steve Jobs. We'll put it in the show notes. I was talking to, I think he was talking to a bunch of employees at this point and the the question came up, what about, I think it was OpenDoc. I think it was, I guess it was a project that they were working on at, at uh, and when Steve Jobs came back in 96, 97, he just axed a whole bunch of stuff. He's like, nope, we're going to, we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on some core stuff, right? When he really needed to turn Apple around. And so what he said in this presentation was focusing is about saying no. Basically, yeah, you know, these are, these might be great technologies, but they're just not great for Apple, the business. And so we're just going to say no to them right now. And I feel like that's where we are. Like it's a positive kind of no, right? We're going to, we're going to focus on mm -hmm. getting this, getting insights polished and ready and getting revenue from that versus being distracted by, oh, we could build this new API or we could build this new client interface. And yes, those things would be great. But right now the answer is no, because we have to focus on this where we think it's most important. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another example of that is even on the marketing side where We've had a pretty large content operation for our content marketing. We've published two blog posts a week at least, and we do, we've done a lot of tutorials and all kind, all types of different content basically. But I think the focus in 2024 is going to be less quantity, but I want to really up the quality of our content and everything. And I think there's trends happening in content marketing right now that kind of demand that as well, just with LLMs and AI generated content and all that stuff. It's really, I think it's time for everyone to up their game. But I think in our case, it would be, it'll be good for us to pull back and just really focus on delivering um, like a well-executed product, regardless of what we're doing. If that's like a blog article or if it's a new feature in the app 
or if it's making our application UI better, for example. Like, I just want to make the execution better and do less of it overall. And I, th I think that's what, like, refocusing means to me. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And the good news is that we're small, we're flexible. If, if the world is dramatically different in three or six months, then we can make changes to our plans, right? Like, just today, mm -hmm. the Fed announced they're not going to raise rates. And so everyone's like, yes, that means next year is going to be even better. The economy is going to take off and blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, economists are wrong from time to time, but maybe things will be looking better just naturally next year. Maybe the macro environment yeah. will be better and we'll be like, hey, we can say yes to more things. But, but yeah, I think focusing for now is gets us the quality that we want. I think there's potentially some question about the economy, like its actual performance versus its perceived performance over mm -hmm. the past year or so. And regardless of what the economy was doing, everyone felt like it was terrible. Um, and so maybe trends will be reversing in 2024. And of course, interest rates always can help that. Yeah. So we just need to pull our strings that we have at the Fed to make them cut their rates sooner than... Um, I, w one thing you said just now, like, I think we are in a really good position to weather these kinds of storms. And that is a result of the decisions we've made in the past of how we constructed this business. And the things, to be honest, the things we have said no to, we've said no to a lot of things that would have put us in a worse position today to handle this sort of thing. And I think like things can't always be, you know, can't always be good. Like there's going to be hard times for a business if you're running it long term. Like you're going to have challenges. And, and so I think we've, I think we've done, we've also done really well in some of the decisions we've made in terms of not, not taking on a lot of debt or not taking on, um, like tons of funding that puts extra pressure on us. And then even personal decisions like you and I have constructed our lives in a way that makes us flexible. You know, I think we both can take a pretty significant pay cut if we need to for a while or for however long. And it's not going to really, it's going to hurt, but it doesn't hurt like it would if we had that car and that house <laughs> and everything that, you know, and, and we're like super leveraged. Right. So I do feel like this whole like sustainable business thing is paying off right in this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely less stress than there would have been if we had way overspent and, you know, hired ahead of revenue by a 10x or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know what those numbers are like because I've never done it. Yeah. This is totally much more manageable for us than if we had gotten crazy. Agreed. I think that was well said. I got, I can't add anything to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to 2024. How about you? I am definitely looking forward to 2024. Yes. Cool. I guess that's a wrap. Yeah. Between now and 2024, we have vacation. We're going to enjoy some time with the family, have some food, relax a bit, think about how we're going to conquer the world in 2024. And of course, continue bringing you fantastic new Founder Quest episodes as we detail the, the progress and the process. So yeah. thanks for listening. I'm going to work on a list of things to say no to <laughs> for my New Year's res resolutions. Excellent. <laughs> cool. All right. This has been Founder Quest. If you uh, like us, uh, you should go and rate us highly on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. And you can find us at thefounderquestpodcast.com and I guess we'll see you next year. Have a good one. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. 
If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. One more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.